What is up, y'all? Manny Curry, your real estate resource, and this is episode number two of Realtor Talk, where we talk real estate with real individuals in the industry. Today, we're going to be joined by my good friend, realtor Jesse Loya. What is up, bro? Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on Realtor Talk, it. episode number two. Awesome. Really excited to be having you on the episode just because we actually started around the same time, right? Definitely. Cool, cool. So before we get started, why don't I go ahead and just pass it over to you. Let our viewers on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, <laughs> not to get you nervous. Oh, it's a, it's a little nervous. <laughs> but uh, go ahead and let our viewers know who you are and what you do. Awesome. So my name is Jesse Loya. I've been in real estate for the last two years. I'm about, actually about to renew my license uh, here in September. Um, so. I started the listing position with Zia about six months ago. Uh, it's been going great. But uh, before that, it was really just all a mix of things, resale and new homes. So um, definitely nice. excited to talk, talk to you about it. That's cool, bro. So you're hitting two years in September? Two years in September, yes. Nice. I just had two years February, so we have well, a, little like, gap. a little gap, right? Yeah, that's cool. So talk to me about your first two years in real estate. I know my fucking first two years have been crazy, bro. So I can only imagine how's that experience been for you? Uh, so the first year was a little rocky, definitely. Um, I was just trying to grab every deal that came my way, yeah. of course. Um, yeah, yeah. The second year, uh, I've been focusing more on listings. So just representing sellers. And it's kind of given me the freedom to choose the buyers that I want to work with. Right. And the cool thing about it is um, I'm listing um, exponential um, new home companies. So we're including all basically the upgrades with other builders as right. a standard with us. That's cool. And it's really just boosted my business just because everything that you see like in the gourmet kitchen behind us is a standard with Zia Homes. So I get a lot of calls from people who can't necessarily afford the price point that we're at, but you know, they're definitely wanting to, you know, come into new home ownership. Right. And they, um, you know, it, um, what do you, what do you feel like right now? Cause I feel like just all class in general has been booming. Like right now we're in this new subdivision, right? Like I actually have never even been in this part of El Paso. Right? Yeah, you're asking me for directions. <laughs> I was asking you for directions, but uh, talk to us a little bit about this subdivision and where do you think El Paso is going as far as the new development growth? So it's crazy. Um, this subdivision, they released a certain amount of lots. Um, we actually didn't get one of the biggest amount of lots in here. Uh, the biggest amount of lots was uh, 80 and it was for classic American homes. And they released 80 to them and 30 to each other builder. There's only four builders in here. It's us, classic American, Accent Homes, and Edward Homes. Okay. Uh, classic American got the most lots. But um, just what, what we're doing, we're trying to target a second time home buyer price point. So okay. including all the amenities that you want with a second time home buyer, um, but in that first time home buyer price point. Right. So that kind of separates us from the competition. But um, yeah, there's actually going to be, uh, from what I've heard um, from my builder, is a 800 lot um, release um, in the new subdivision over. Yeah. That's you know, 800 homes, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. So new new homes in general are just exploding out here in El Paso, right? In every direction too, because right now we're in the Northeast. This is an area that I think is just starting to really see a lot of expansion. Definitely. It's been a lot in the, in the Far East, right? And then you have some Horizon as well as Westside. But now that you have 
the northeast building and then you have all the remodels that are happening in central right i think like all cylinders are just pumping right now in el paso yeah, yeah. So, so we're offering homes in the west side the far east so like TD 78 td 81 and then of course mesquite hills but yeah it's pumping on all cylinders um, every way you look there's new home being developed so uh the industry is just amazing right now for, yeah for, for el paso sure. which is awesome for us yeah yeah we're in it yeah, definitely. I'm getting a lot of even, you know, out-of-town buyers, people that are East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. And they're looking at El Paso and it's getting a lot of attention just because our price points are dirt cheap compared to what they're working with over there just to get an investment property or a decent home, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. People can afford it. Um, people in California, Arizona are selling half million, million dollar homes. Yeah. And then they can come here and buy, you know, the exact same home that they were living in for close to two fifty, three hundred thousand, and just... Um, relax on, yeah. on their equity that they've had building up from California, Arizona, exactly. yeah. Colorado. Yeah, and it's just making it um, just awesome for, for yeah. our industry. So talk to me a little bit about your experience as a listing agent. Um, some people here might not understand what a listing agent is or what the difference is between a realtor and a listing agent. I'm also a listing agent, right? With Pacific uh, Home. Pacific Home. Definitely. It's been really cool just to see too that we kind of started in the same spot and now we're both listing, listing agents as well. Yeah. But for the viewers, what is the difference between a listing agent and a realtor? So it's a complete 180. Um, when I'm representing my clients, I'm you know just doing everything they need. Um, as representing the listing side, the selling side, I'm more catering to my uh, builder which you know it's just a it's a whole different ball game instead of pleasing one individual i'm still pleasing one individual but with a wide expansion of homes and you know if you don't get contracts you don't need <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and that's all the builders looking for is right. you know how much you're bringing in every month and it's just a different ball game yeah. representing a buyer from a seller and, and it makes a world of difference yeah volume is definitely way bigger than regular buyer, right? Especially unit-wise, you're pumping out a lot more units, 10, 20, 30 at a time per subdivision. Right. Um, the way I like to kind of explain it to the people, like the difference is we're still real estate agents, but because we're general contractors, no no work is guaranteed, right? right. And even in real estate, even as a listing agent, it's not necessarily guaranteed, but as a listing agent, you have a, a big responsibility that the builder puts on you. Of course. And it's also, Exciting because at the same time that's almost as guaranteed commission or that's as guaranteed as it gets in our type of business you know? Right, of course. We have a set amount of right. homes that we've already put on the market um, Representing our seller and that's huge um, listings equal leads So the more homes you have on the market the more buyers that you're gonna have interested in purchasing your product And that's a huge thing when it comes to real estate. Uh, I learned that it's really not working the buyers as a listing agent, it's more working the agents as a listing agent. Right. So you change your demographic to, you know, working um, agents, pe your peers, people that list homes with you and, you know, basically your competitors, which is a whole different ballgame because, you know, you're just trying to accommodate to them instead of your buyers and you want to bring them the most value possible so they bring the clients to you yeah. to sell your product. Yeah, as a listing agent, I think it's super important for us to build that relationship with other realtors, right? Right, Because other realtors are bringing us the buyers. Of course. Um, so how important do you think it is, 
not only as a listing agent, but as a realtor in general, or anyone trying to start a business off, how important is it for you to network? Oh, networking is something that I didn't understand coming into the listing agent position as a buyer's agent. Right. Um, and it's just completely switched the way I work um, because I know that I need to cater to listing or buyer's agents, I'm sorry, instead of listing agents, um, I need to cater to buyer's agents to, you know, help my builder right. build the company that he's trying to build. And it's just a completely different scenario. Um, you're catering to a, a whole different type of crowd and it's really changed my perspective on how real estate works and, and what I'm doing in this industry. Definitely. Now, now that you have this responsibility as a listing agent for Azia, do you feel like you've taken the gas pedal off on maybe the other clients that aren't you know, necessarily new construction, your resales, um, and other listings like that, do you, have you taken the gas foot off that, attention off that, or is it still kind of... It's still, it's still very broad. Um, I will never take anything away from another client to service a different client, um, just because he's provided me, you know, so much um, inventory. Right. I, I won't take anything away from another client because everybody deserves your individual attention. and especially with buying the biggest investment of their life. Yeah. Um, you need to cater to them. So I don't think it's taken anything away from my resale business. It's just made me better in my resale business as far as what I need to pay attention to detail with and what I need to accommodate to. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to focus on listings this year and just accommodate the seller to you know, deliver more value to provide more referrals because yeah. obviously we work off referrals and that's yeah. a huge part of our business. What made you shift into more listings focus this year? Was your first two years more buyer based or? It was and the reason why is because buyers are a lot quicker. Um, when you get a buyer, you you know find what they need and then you lock them down on. As long as you listen, right? As right. As long as you listen to what they need. But it takes a lot of time. You, yeah. you need to cater to to their time frames of when they can see homes and when they're available. Uh, the listing side is actually providing me more time to spend with my family, right. uh, which I like a lot more because it's more just, um, you know, answering phone calls, scheduling appointments, right. following up, yeah. as opposed to, you know, just showing homes and, and it's just kind of freed up more of my time um, in a sense where I can just be more of a family man. Yeah. That's cool, man, especially since you do have uh, your kids and, and obviously your girl you want to come home to, right? Of course. Um, I think for me, for sure, like, it's, it's always been buyer. Like, when I started, I just I was, I was swamped with buyers. You know? Exact same way, yeah. But I think as I've gone, even though I've had a lot of great experiences with listings, like, I just listed the day before yesterday at Quadplex. I, I saw that. Yeah, we just got it executed. Like, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, appreciate it. Definitely. And it was great, that feeling's amazing, but I feel like there's so much fucking stress when it comes down to listings. Like, oh, yeah. Even as a listing agent, it's, it's great. I love, I love the, the stress and, and the workload, but it's, I feel like it's, I, can't, I can't go home and relax. I'm like, it's, more, so it's more but less. Yeah. Yes, it's more um, attention to detail. It's right. more um, mental than anything, mm -hmm. where buyers are more physical. Right. You're just out there doing the legwork. Yeah. Um, sellers is more 
you know, catering and, and you're, you're thinking of how you can market, how you can do better by your seller. Um, and you know, that, that's huge. Yeah, for sure. It just opens up, you know, more marketing for you and, and more opportunity. Yeah, especially people driving by just seeing your for sale sign, calling and getting information. Like, there's just a lot of ways for you to get more business, I think, on listings. Exactly. It's just, I think buyers for sure are a little bit more, you're able to control just, it a little bit more. And just yeah, so it's just a little more, more nerve-wracking. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to disappoint. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's what it mainly is. But I think as long as expectations are set right, right. I know there's things that are outside of our control as realtors, but as long as expectations are set right and we're working the best with what we can work. And team. that's huge. Yeah, you got to set those expectations so you um, over-deliver and under-promise instead right. of over-promise and under-deliver. Exactly. So, so as long as you set those expectations, like this is what it is, this is what I can do for you, and you know, I appreciate your business, I would love to help you, but this is where the lines are draw, right. drawn. That's drawn? Yeah. Yeah. Drawn. yeah. yeah. Um, that just helps you, you know, for, for further down the road when you, you know, get to the inspection part and you, you know, your seller needs to come in and, and, and take care of the repairs that right. the buyer's requesting. Right. And also, you know, when you set those expectations of appraisal, like, hey, um, you know, everything in the subdivision is at this price point, we're going to do a little bit over, but just so you know, this is what's being sold at this price point you don't disappoint and, the, right. and that's what's extremely important important is not disappointing your clients right. because like, you, I, I i feel like and i tell this to my clients like i'd rather disappoint you now than later right right and of course. Right expectation is super important because at the end of it it's like well you said all this stuff is gonna happen and it's not gonna it happen didn't. but if you said it like this could happen this could not happen we're right. at this price point it could happen it couldn't you know so saying the expectation is super important um and I think the only way you even learn something like that is going through, you know, going through the deal, going through it and making mistakes and things like that. Experience um, is the best teacher. Yeah, yeah. And so that. for sure, I think that just in the last two years, you and I have both learned a ton, right? Oh, yeah. You were actually featured on our vlog. As we were talking, I was just oh, remembering, like, I you were featured on, on one of our vlogs. Cause Did you close on that house? Yeah, yeah. Which awesome. House? Uh, it was on, uh, it was on Pebble Hills. Oh my God! Across the Tennessee and it was Valor, Valor Point. And um, I had the hardest time with that listing. And obviously, in the Far East Side, there's a lot of challenges that you could face. It's so new much infrastructure, new construction. It's huge. It's everywhere. Yeah. So you're a reseller, you're a used home, and you're competing with new construction. Of course. And price points are very, very similar. You know, so they fluctuate. Um, I remember you reached out to me and you gave me some advice and told me. Do you me remember that advice? Yeah, and basically you just told me, you know, focus not only on sales price but also the terms and and advertising the terms, marketing the terms. So we did that, we changed some things on the listing and we ended up getting a buyer within that week. So it was crazy, yeah, yeah. It was it was super cool. But I think that you know, moments like that or lessons like that, yeah, when one realtor can share that with another realtor, even though in a sense we're competition, you know, I think that, that I think that, that just sets a tone for the type of individual that you are and also the type of market that we're trying to create too. Yeah. Because I think at, at the same time, you know, with all the information that's out there and all the success that could be attained, there's no shortage of it. 
So when people are like, you know, very, very stingy, um, yeah, greedy, waiting for information or knowledge, you know, it's it doesn't do anyone any good. No, and I, and I think those types of individuals are what has set sales in general just, you know, as a negative point or view. Right, and I I agree with you completely because. If I, if I don't provide the knowledge that you need to close the listing that you have, how do I know that you're going to have that same knowledge when I bring my buyer to your listing right, right, or vice versa? Right. I want to provide you with everything that I have so that way when it comes to me and you de- doing a deal together, it's flawless. We yeah. can close it without any speed bumps. We can you know, get to our common goal, which is your buyer closing on the home or your seller closing on the home yeah. and vice versa for me and me. You know, I'm trying to provide for my family. You're trying to make a career yourself. Exactly. And that's the end goal. We're trying to sell homes and trying to provide our clients with as much value as possible. If you don't know everything you can do to provide the value for your client, how do I know that I'm in the best situation as far as representing a seller? If you bring the buyer to me and I'm representing my seller, how do I know that you're providing the best value to your client to close on my seller's home, right. which I need to do to provide value to my seller? So right. it's, it's, it's extremely important to share so, knowledge. Yeah. And I think because when you do that, you're, you're kind of setting the tone as well for how the market should be and should work as well. You know? Of course. So I think you know, little things like that is really help, helps us kind of change the market, set a tone and the standard. Definitely. I would say for the, for the market too. For so the millennials. For the millennial market, yeah. <laughs> We're a younger generation of huh, real estate. What do, you, what do you think about that? You know, like, I've, I've been able to see and learn from people doing real estate for the last 10, 15 years, 20 years. Yeah. And I've learned some old practices and I've also been able to experience and see the, the new shift yeah. and, and take advantage of the new practices too, right? Of course. So how do you think that that shift has really affected the real estate industry? So it's, it's, it's incredible because it's just a different way of doing things. The old industry has a certain way of how they do things and it's super, um, you know, uh, efficient. They, right. They're doing things around, yeah, traditional. Mm-hmm. But um, when, I, when I speak to a buyer and seller, you know, from the same generation as me, it's a completely different thing because they're just thinking of different things as far as long term. Right. And, you know, if you don't specialize to your individual client, you'll never be successful because you're always generalizing something that needs to be extremely specific. Yeah. Because everybody's situation is different. So it's awesome to, you know, take things from the old industry and how people used to do things and then kind of tie it in with the millennial industry and, and how we're selling homes now. Um, I just sold a home all FaceTime. The buyer was in Colorado. Uh, he purchased the home completely through FaceTime, completely yeah. digitally, and we closed the first time I ever met him was closing table. So it's wild, huh? Yeah, you gotta just kind of mix and match both yeah. and, and, and kind of accommodate what your specific buyer or seller needs based off, you know, if they're in the older times or if they're in the, the millennial times. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. That's crazy. And I think too, you know, like with so many different age, 
ages of people getting into real estate. Some people are in their 40s getting into real estate for the first time. Right. Some people are in their 40s with 20 years of experience, you know? Of course. Um, so with, with that being said, as far as, you know, the market itself and, you know, there's a lot of different types of buyers out there. You have millennials, you have older clients as well. What's some of the most common questions that you get as a realtor? Common questions I get, um, it's a lot of first time home buyers. So the most common, of course, I'm sure it's the same for you. Your business is a lot of first time home buyers because we're millennials ourselves. Um, so we're servicing a lot of millennials. And my most common questions are gonna be, you know, what kind of down payment do I need to qualify for a home? How long do I need to be in a job position to qualify for a home? And what's gonna be counted against me? So like student loans, right. um, different debts that are gonna count against people's um, approval process. Right. That's the biggest question I get is, what's gonna hurt me, what's gonna help me as far as getting approved for a first time home buyer right. loan? Normally, I think. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I got to. We're actually going to have a lender next. Awesome. So Great. Get some lending. Who is it going to be? No, I'm not going to put it Oh, I love it. Shy, shy ass. <laughs> I wonder how he's going to be. I know he doesn't even talk about it. It should be great. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's good. He's a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a genius and he, he, does, he definitely knows his stuff. Um, so I'm really excited to have him on too. But, you know, as a realtor, I'm sure you've seen a, a lot of different just situations what what are some of the biggest lessons that you've had to kind of learn in the industry on your own um my biggest lesson would be don't rush into it um if a client you know needs time to fix our credit if they need time to pay off certain debts don't try to hard close them on something that you think fits their best interests just because it might not be what fits their best interests right um and, and you need to just look at every case individually instead of generalizing you know i want this buyer to purchase this home you need to just kind of be patient and um specify what your client needs instead yeah. of just generalizing everything and, and rushing sure. people into you know what's the biggest purchase of their life yeah yeah, I've had, I've had some really bad experiences or heard some very bad horror stories of, you know, people buying houses and then they're just like stuck. Yeah, they're in a really bad situation and it sucks. It happens a lot. Yeah, it does. And I think that's kind of goes back to what we we're talking about, setting the standard for how real estate should actually work and function and work with all of us, you know, not just some real estate agents because any real estate agent doing something bad is going to affect all of us. Yeah. And that's just the type of industry that we're, it, we're in right now. It trickles, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that, you know, starting off, you definitely had some people, you know, kind of mentor or, or show you, you know, some, some stuff, and as well as I did. Yeah, you're one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, definitely helped yeah. me with marketing. Uh, yeah, for sure. Marketing, too. Like, I just, I feel like I learned a lot, too, from just different people and stuff. But, of course, how important do you think it is to, you know, maybe attach to somebody starting off as a real estate agent? mentor um you know even if you have to pay a split or something like that is it worth it to get a mentor starting off in real estate it's huge um so before i actually got licensed i was just co-ortis assistant for uh six months yeah if i didn't you know uh, do that position and and learn what i could from that position i don't think i would be where i'm at today 
And the reason being is because experience is the best teacher. Um, you're not going to fully grasp something and, until you've gone through it. And the best way to learn, especially in real estate, because you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars in people's lives, is to learn from other people's mistakes. So you don't make that same mistake because right. those mistakes can be crucial to other people's lives. And as you representing them, you don't want to be the cause of that yeah. huge financial. It's, it's easy for us to. <laughs> I remember one instance, we don't have to talk about it, but it's easy to make a mistake, right? It's, it's just extremely like easy. One, one number and could fuck everything up. And, and, and just one document, we won't talk about it. But one critical error, not checking the right box in a certain amendment. <laughs> could cost so many thousands of dollars and it's, it's not something that should be taken lightly yeah. and if you don't have the experience you shouldn't risk it and it's crazy I was actually under somebody when I did that which it was a mess but yeah of course we overcame it yeah but yeah but it's, man, it's legal it, right? it's like it, crazy yeah if it weren't something that you know, if I was if I wasn't under somebody and I was just representing somebody by myself, uh, I could have, you know, changed their whole life. I could have ruined something for them that they were expecting to have. You could have ruined a deal, lost a client, exactly, messed something up. More than that, yeah, just ruined somebody's yeah. life, and, and and that's not fair. Uh, fortunately, I was under an agent, yeah. so where I could um, learn learn from that mistake and. and reprimanded and, and fix what I did but yeah it's huge yeah. man if if I didn't have you know if I wasn't in the position I was in and I was in a different position I could have had a really upset client I could have potentially lost my license yeah. that's something that you know would change not only my client's life but my life yeah for sure and you, knowledge is the best teacher yeah if you don't know it you need to learn it and if you're not willing to learn it, then you don't deserve to have the position you have because knowledge is everything. Yeah. And you gotta respect we're the professionals. It. I mean, we're the professionals above right. them. We have to, they're trusting us to do the right thing and know what the hell we're doing, right? So of course. We gotta know what the hell we're doing. So yeah, for sure, bro. Um, what, you know, kind of wrapping up the podcast, um, what is one of your favorite, you know, subdivisions or new development coming to El Paso that you're pretty excited for? It's going to be the Northeast and the reason being is because even though we got only 30 lots in this subdivision, there's actually going to be a release of 800 lots in the new subdivision in Mesquite Hills. That is huge. Um, this place is growing more than east side, more than the west side. It, it has awesome views and, and, and people are just there's a bad reputation for the Northeast, and, yeah. and I kind of want to get rid of that because of how nice it is. Um, yeah. You wouldn't even think that there's a bad reputation over here. Right, being here, I mean, the homes that we're providing are um, just above all other, other builders. We're providing the most amenities for the yeah. lowest price point. The views you can't put a price on, and yeah. everybody just has this bad stigma about the Northeast, but it's just growing so rapidly that I mean, complain. I know I can't put my industry. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think Northeast, as we were mentioning, you know, you see that growth happening all around El Paso. So it's 
definitely exciting, but appreciate you being on. Um, for our guests, where can they find you? Um, so I have three different model homes. Uh, the first one is going to be the east side. We're selling in TDE 78 and TDE 81. Uh, you can find our model home at 14272 Richard Wiles. And then I have our northeast community. That's going to be the Mesquite Hills community that we're in right now. Uh, right now our model is 12045 Mesquite River. But that will constantly change just depending on what's going to be the closest to complete because we don't have uh, too much complete inventory out here. We're selling out quicker than we're building. And then we have uh, Enchanted uh, Hills, which is going to be 78, 78 Enchanted Ridge. And then Artcraft Estates. So 7878 Enchanted Ridge is going to be our model home for Artcraft Estates right now. We have six lots out there, but those provide a bigger lot. So if you guys are looking for more space, uh, definitely visit our 7878 Enchanted Ridge model home. And we can show you our Artcraft Estates lots, which are going to be a lot bigger. Um, just to provide you more lot space, more backyard, if, if that's what you're interested in. So what about social? Social media, so um, you can see me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Realtor is going to be my Instagram. Also, um, for the west side, you're going to have Lorenzo Provencio holding that down for me. So if you guys have any um, you know, interest in Enchanted Hills or Artcraft Estates, it's going to be Lorenzo Provencio. You can just Google or Instagram his name and, and his Instagram will pop up for that as well. Yeah, <laughs> dope. Cool, man. Well, thanks again for being on. I'm really excited for your episode to drop. Appreciate people it. People to check out, you know, some of your inventory as well. Yeah. And uh, to see where, where we end up in the next two years, bro. It's going to be exciting. It's a rush. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Definitely. For you guys watching, make sure you guys tune in every Friday where we sit with real individuals in the industry and talk real estate. We'll see you guys next week.